Rodriguez, and you're listening to Radio Owl's Nest. Good. By Martin Page. Yes. It's just Martin Page. Just yeah. all Martin Page. Of it's course. Martin Page music. Yeah. It's Martin Page stories. Great. It's Martin Page. Martin Page. Yeah. Just Martin Page. Great. You know what's really crazy? What? He's like recording all these Martin Page podcasts. Yeah. And he's got like 19 albums that he hasn't even released yet. So no, that's true. Go figure. But it's good. It's good. Thank you, Mike. Yes, there are 152 albums in the vault that must be released at some time. And I hope to live long enough to put them out. We can only hope. Well, you know what this show's about. I'm sure you do after a... a Thank you. (laughs) Another mistake on the board. Uh, That shouldn't have happened. Um, I'm not a good DJ after two years of doing this. But this show is about all my demos uh, from the past. Yes, it's true. I am a songwriter. This is a song called A Little Love Can Bring the World Together. Very Irish. And let's celebrate love. Disney movies miss this song. All the animation films. 
I mean, <laughs> it's 3-4. It's folky. And I wrote this in the 90s. Um, a little love can bring the world together. And I really thought this... Uh, where's Riverdance when you need it? Yes. I thought this would be a really good song for one of those wonderful Disney animated feel-good movies. But alas... It didn't happen. And so you're listening to a demo from The Vault that is still in The Vault. By the way, uh, that song is featured on The Poetry of Collisions Volume 2. Why haven't you bought it? Why we haven't like you it. bought it? We don't like it! What do you mean? We don't like it! Oh, okay. That explains it. Anyway, uh, Poetry of Collisions is um, all the demos, all the misfits. Um, it's funny. When I released uh, uh, Poetry of Collisions Volume 1, Our Time Has Come, a demo uh, for the movie Cats Don't Dance, went all the way to number one in my streaming charts. I was very surprised. Hopefully, a little bit of love will do the same. This is Mike Rodriguez, and you're listening oh, to sake. Radio okay. Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah. By Martin Page. Yes. Starring Martin Page. Oh. You know what? Oh, yeah, all right. Yeah. No, I can't. Yeah. I can't do this anymore. Oh, There's okay. way too well, many Martin Pages then. on this script. Leave then. Leave, okay? leave then. I'm just going to say... Yeah. Is this a lot of stories of Martin Page? Okay. And if you're not sick of Martin okay. Page after whatever episode this is, oh, then sucks. you're a true fan. Yes. And let me tell you, you're right, Mike. he needs all the fans. Okay, Mike. Uh, thank you. I think you know this song. I thought I would uh, dip into the golden oldies. Uh, this is a song called These Dreams. This is the home demo. I wrote this song with uh, the great uh, lyricist Bernie Taupin. And it's all done on a keyboard, a Jupiter 8 synthesizer, and a Fostex quarter-inch 8-track machine right back in the grand 80s. Spare a little candle, save some light for me. Thank you. 
kitchen talk to the dreams in the mist. that uh, Peter Wolf, the great keyboard player that worked with Frank Zappa, um, I was a friend of his and I brought him into Earth, Wind and Fire sessions and he took this song and Hart recorded it. I'm looking over my shoulder now here in the studio and I still have the original Roland Jupiter 8 by my side and uh, it's got a few knocks and uh, bumps in it but that was the keyboard that I used all through the 80s and in fact used uh, extensively on this demo you hear and... Um, I was listening there to the bass and it made it reminded me that really the bass to me is still the most important harmonic fundamental power of songs. Uh, I grew up in the 70s uh, studying bass so hard and uh, and you can hear there on that demo I'm playing a uh, an aria I'm slapping the bass and uh, but on the record I believe Hart used a fretless bass and uh, they sort of uh, played it a little bit less than me there pumping away. It's very interesting listening to this demo of these dreams because uh, I really packed it with a lot of ideas that I thought were um, prominent in that period of the 80s and Hart said no we're not going to do any of that we're going to make it very simple and uh, over the years I appreciate that it uh, you can really hear with the Hart version that um, the chordal progression uh, is really felt on the Hart version and I think that uh, I think that communicated quite big so that was the 80s and that was the demo of these dreams <laughs> Then we're going to move on to the end of the 80s, 1989. Let's keep moving up. Um, I want to play you uh, a demo that I wrote right in that period when it was on the radio. You know, Def Leppard and White Snake and uh, people with long hair and uh, rock. Um, well, actually, melodic, uh, sophisticated rock, I suppose, came into the forefront. And I was working with a great, 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 great session singer called um, Tommy Funderburg. He dropped by my house and we wrote this song and... Starship recorded it, Mike Shipley and Larry Klein were the producers for the track and I remember um, recording this demo because we did it over a period of a day and we were really got the vibe I think, I think we were in that place, we didn't have long hair to tell you the truth no mum was short and I think Tommy's was short but we were writing it for long haired people here's the 16 track demo of It's Not Enough
That's the original 16-track home demo of a song called It's Not Enough. Um, uh, made me realise really how brilliant it was to work with Tommy Funderburg. I mean, what a vocalist. I think we were all lucky in that period to work with Tommy, all our songwriters, because he really portrayed uh, what these songs could be. What a marvellous vocalist. Uh, it was great to write with him. And uh, he also was a very good guitarist because he was playing the guitars there uh, through my Rockman. Remember those? They were made by Tom Schultz of the band Boston. And they were just little units that you used to put into your rack in the studio and it simulated um, massive guitar sounds as you'll hear on the Boston records and on the Def Leppard records anyway that's what we used on that demo Lindrum and um, I remember going I, I think I've talked about this before but um, Mike Shipley uh, produced the track in Joni Mitchell's house uh, and I went up to Joni Mitchell's house to see them doing it and Joni Mitchell was wandering around smoking cigarettes uh, vaguely saw her through the smoke anyway the demo of It's Not Enough Ecstasis, the state of being beside oneself or wrapped out of oneself. Ecstasis. Ah, we are on a different uh, landscape now. I'd like to play you a track from uh, my second instrumental ambient album, an album called The Occupation of Hope. Yes, it's a track called Ecstasis. And uh, yes, uh, the uh, vibe of it is uh, an ancient Greek word for ecstasy. Uh, we would have thought that, wouldn't we? Uh, to be or stand outside oneself. To go beyond yourself. Um, I saw a video of a, a great performance by the Martha Graham Dance Company performing to uh, the concept of ecstasy. And I thought that's pretty vibey. I was very inspired by the idea of that. So this track comes from my album. Album, the Occupation of Hope. Thank you. 
Ecstasis, a track from my second instrumental album, uh, the album called uh, The Occupation of Hope. Um, I'm not sure if I'm saying this word right, so let's hear the right way to say it by a Greek fellow. Ecstasis. Oh, oh, okay. Well, yeah. Ecstasis. Hmm. Yes, all right. Yeah, I, Ecstasis. I got it. Ecstasis. No, I haven't got it. <laughs> Onward. I've got to tell you about a brilliant, brilliant, really brilliant book I'm reading called Helgoland by Carlo Rovelli. Um, it's making sense of the quantum revolution. I've always been uh, fascinated by quantum mechanics and I don't know a thing about it. I thought I knew a thing about it, but I didn't know a thing about it. I thought that you, about time travel and that uh, two atoms could be seen in the same place at different times and uh, people could walk through walls and people were seeing things in different time zones and dimensions ridiculous thank you piano player but this book is just superb i've nearly read it i've nearly finished it but uh last night i put a got hold of a pen and put a few circles around some important um parts of the book that spoke to me and i think during this show because quantum uh, physics, quantum mechanics is so baffling um, that um, I would like to read some of this to you because I think it starts to make a little bit of sense. Uh, one of the things that we should keep in mind here is it's all about relationships with everything in the world. Um, everything is not just one separated. We are all linked together. So let's try uh, the first circle on page 141. The mind does not enter into the equation. Special observers have no real role to play in the theory. The central point is simpler. The properties of an object become manifest when this object interacts with others. We cannot separate the properties from these other objects. We cannot attribute them just to a single object. All of the variable properties of an object in the final analysis are such and exist only with respect to other objects. Contextuality is the technical name that denotes this central aspect of quantum physics. Things exist in a context. Ah. Like my radio show here and you listening, that's why it's all happening in quantum physics. You need me, I need you, I need the radio show, you need the radio show. Well, hopefully, it's the interaction that is the truth. I shall read something from this wonderful book a little bit later on and maybe it'll make a little bit of sense. Yeah, I better stop it here. I mean, <laughs> I was going to quiz you all out there and say, does anybody know what that track is? Only if you're a absolutely die-hard Q-Feel fan would you know what that track is. Um, it's a track called At The Top, uh, all the way to Saint-Tropez. How brilliant is that? Um, uh, and it was the B-side to Q-Feel's first ever single on Jive Records, uh, a song called Doctor on the Radio. This version I just found Found, and it is the first version we did in the studio, Battery Studios. Now, if any of you don't know, the Q-Phil was my first ever band uh, in London with Brian Fairweather. And uh, this was the beginning of it all. And I found this uh, recording. It's the first time we ran through the song in the studio. Nigel Green, the engineer for um, Def Leppard, he was with us in those days. And it's really raw. And you can hear that we're going through that period where it was the Elvis Costello period in London and uh, I remember we played it live I did a guide vocal live and I'm going to play it to you now very embarrassing well not really but you can tell that we were learning our trade it's uh, Trevor Thornton on drums you can hear him counting it in on the sticks it's Brian Fairweather on guitars Chris Richardson on electric piano and me on bass and me on a guide vocal this is the rough mix the day we learnt it in the studio oh we were just young kids uh, so here it is at the top all the way to Saint-Tropez.
were such babies. Babies. Uh, can we have uh, Brian's guitar a bit louder, please? My goodness, what a rough, bored mix that was. <laughs> you could tell we were in London at that time, late 70s. And uh, yeah, it turned into eventually a B-side for us. And uh, so strange, so strange listening back to that. That must have been the night we were working it all out and we just recorded it quickly because I found it here on a old cassette. Um, God, it brings back those uh, those that era because you can hear that we were listening to a lot of the the afterburners of punk and a little bit of ska and reggae appearing here and there. As I said, the uh, Stiff Records Elvis Costello vibe was happening, the beat and all that. And um, can we turn Brian up on guitar a bit louder? My God, what a mix. We've all come a long way, haven't we, baby? But it's interesting when you think about it. You know, you record everything live uh, for musicians, live bass, live guitar, live drums, live piano, and then we uh, had to get a good take. And if we thought the rhythm track was good, we'd come back and do vocals again. So a bit of a treat, a bit scary to play it, but uh, interesting all round. Uh, Cue Phil's uh, (laughs) first B-side at the top. And don't forget, all the way to Saint-Tropez. You're listening to Radio Owl's Nest oh, by Martin Page, which uh, really should be like Martin Page Radio. Yeah, okay, I mean, Mike. it's all Martin Page. Yeah, okay. Martin Page. <sighs> Martin Page. You're, I'm just going to say Martin Page. Okay. You're Martin Page in Martin Page because okay. it's all about Martin Page. Produced by Martin Page, <sighs> recorded by Martin Page, starring Martin Page. Thank you, Mike Rodriguez. I, I do think you're infatuated with that name somehow. And I can't blame you because I am too. Oh, the creaking of my left arm. Yes, it's... uh, It's the age of arthritis, isn't it? The creaking of... The creaking of my left leg and my right leg as well. It's getting pretty bad. And the creaking of my groin area, which is incredibly frightening. But really, that denotes that sound of the creaking door is the creaking door of the vault of my archives. So that denotes we're about to listen to, yes, not my arthritic bones, but a track from the past. Dipping back into the naughty 90s, um, a song I wrote with the great lyricist again, Bernie Taupin. Uh, around that time, my fax machine was always going, and uh, new lyrics were being pumped through to me, and I just put them on the music stand, and off we went. And we wrote a song called Love and Greed, and uh, I shall play it to you now. Great time, because me and Bernie were just knocking them out and feeling it. And so here we go, the demo, the 16-track demo of love and greed.
demo from the 90s I wrote uh, with Bernie Taupin, a song called Love and Greed, and that is my uh, great friend uh, on guitar, Brian Fairweather. Uh, we started off together back in London with the band Qfield. You've heard at the top at Santro Bay, and if you're still alive after hearing that, um, Brian stayed with me here in America and every now and then came across for tea and crumpets and uh, plugged in his guitar, and off we went. Um, that was recorded in my studio back when I just had a Atari 16-track analog and uh, through a Soundcraft board. And the drums were done for all you nerds out there um, that are into the studio gear and everything. We used an S1000 Akai sampler, and I programmed the drums. And a D550 Roland keyboard and me doing everything else. Oh, it's a phone. It must be Brian. Is it? The, is it? Yes. Yes, it's Brian. He wants tea and crumpets. Maybe we'll do another demo. Live radio, live radio. When the phone rings, you will hear it. Uh, back to the demo, uh, Love and Greed. Uh, the great thing about Brian and I, uh, whenever Brian was going to work on a session with me or play on a song that I'd just written, I only had to say a few things to him like, I'm not going to pay you, and he'd leave. But if I said I'm going to pay you a lot of money, he would stay. Scottish. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> but no, really, uh, we understood each other perfectly. So I could just say to, to Brian, you know, this is a kind of uh, Wang Chung meets Bebop Deluxe. And even with guitar tones, we should say, hey, we just want to get that edge of BB uh, King or Eric Clapton. And so we had such a communication. It was very, very much, um, we were like brothers. And uh, again, as I said, you know, if you said, um, I'm going to pay you a lot of money and give you a lot of tea and crumpets. He would stay. Uh, that's a kind of Glasgow kind of thing. But uh, we had the same heritage. We listened to the same music growing up. And uh, so it was the communication was actually quite eerie. I sometimes just had to play the track and he'd say to me, I know exactly what you want. And uh, off we went. So very, very lucky to hook up with the great Brian Fairweather on guitar. Maybe that was quantum physics that brought us together, who can say? But I think we should dip back into that great book that I was telling you about earlier called Helgoland by Carlo Rovelli, Making Sense of the Quantum Revolution. I mean, let's try and open our minds here and uh, understand a bit of this mystical stuff. Um, this is from page 142. I circled it because it meant something to me. Hopefully, it will mean something to you, the owl heads. Here we go. The conclusion is revolutionary. It leaps beyond the idea that the world is made up of a substance that has attributes and forces us to think about everything in terms of relations. This, I believe, is what we have discovered about the world with quanta. There we go, page 142 from Helgoland, uh, making sense of the quantum revolution. Actually, uh, very Buddhist in... Uh, the concept of emptiness and that everything really is joined together and not separated. In fact, we'll be talking about a very, very, very prominent uh, Buddhist called Nagarjuna, who predicted quantum physics right back about 2,500 years ago. Uh, yes, when I started writing songs. Well, I'd like to play you a song that I released in April um, of 2021. An album called Fugitive Pieces, a very, very um, intimate record. Just me re really sat at the piano and uh, playing a little bit of guitar and uh, writing from my heart, uh, as they say. Uh, sounds cliched, but that's the nearest I could actually talk about uh, Fugitive Pieces. All the songs were written in a very short period and from uh, feelings. Um, that were of my past. Uh, this is a song called Stars, Rain, Moon and Sun. And it uh, is me really feeling that a lot of times, especially in the romantic life that we all have as a songwriter, I would put my um, emotions e more easily into songs than I would in real life. So here's a track from my album, Fugitive Pieces. Drive down the coast tonight and chase the amber tides There's a place where darkness aches and light will blind Melt away on silver waves, someone must die But 
that's alright. It's in the stars and in the rain. It's in the moonbeams, in the sun rays, all the colors of his heart. He puts it in a song. She's in the stars She's in the rain In the moonbeams In the sun rays All the feelings he has for her He'll put it in a song Soak your dress in the ocean foam Kick your shoes off Tell me what I wanna hear There's only love Set your heart on wings of sparks Drift upon the sky You'll be alright It's in the stars It's in the rain In the moon The sun rays, all the colors of his heart. He'll put it in song. She's in the stars. She's in the rain, in the moonbeams, in the sun rays, all the fields. He has for her. He'll put him in a song. All the lightning behind his eyes on the suffering in his disguise. All the colors. Stars, Rain, Moon, Sun from an album I released uh, in April 2021 um, an album called Fugitive Pieces um, I remember playing a Rickenbacker bass on this and panning uh, the, the Rickenbacker bass uh, in the choruses from left to right and um, uh, I remember that distinctly because I was playing it with a pick and I usually play with my fingers or I slap but this was going back to that era where um, I played with a pick which was really the way I learnt bass but a uh, very intimate song um, the words I never wrote down on paper I sang um, them as I created them and I remember doing every song on Fugitive Pieces in a day uh, I sat down about midday and by six o'clock I, I had to have the song completed in some form um, mainly melody and uh, lyrics and uh, I would do five lead vocals and from those five lead vocals I would comp them down to what I thought was the best and so uh, that's what you hear there on Stars, Rain, Moon, Sun. Ah, the sound of the owls, we mustn't forget this is a Radio Owls Nest show. It's really lovely to hear. Yes, the owls. The sound of nature and I think you, if you've listened to any of the radio shows before you probably know that I'm a 
huge animal lover and I support all the charities that are trying to stop all the scientific testing, uh, the uh, awful, awful scientific testing on animals. Um, we don't need to do that. That is the dark ages. And I thought I would just take a moment here to beg you all to have mercy for the animals. And a lot of these companies, you know, that uh, sell chicken very, uh, very cheaply. Uh, in fact, Costco were exposed for the terrible, terrible things that the uh, chickens and the, the newborn chicks had to go through. The actor-activist um, uh, Woody Harrelson, uh, an animal supporter, uh, he lent his support to really exposing Costco. I'm a vegetarian, and uh, I do say I felt the best I ever have in all my life since I became a vegetarian, so maybe a few of you out there might try it. I just wanted to make remind you, or bring, bring to your attention, that what these birds these chickens and these chicks have to go through. Uh, investigators documented in Costco how these animals suffered and died at the hands of uh, a Costco supplier. You know, the story broke in the New York Times. I mean, countless birds suffered open wounds, broken bones and twisted necks and beaks. And uh, they were pumped up with so much food that they couldn't walk. Many uh, endured short lives of chronic pain before being overcome by illness and injury. Piles of dead, rotting birds. They were collected in gallon buckets and on manure piles. They're bred to grow too large too fast. These chickens often couldn't support their weight and tumbled onto their backs and they struggled hopelessly until they died. Many birds died from organ failure because their organs couldn't keep pace with the unnaturally fast growth. Um, a lot of these um, suppliers, like Costco, sell chicken very very cheap but there's always been a you know a, a chicken wars from all these companies trying to sell the uh, the cheapest chickens they can so the cheaper they sell them the suppliers they go to are not ethical at all and um, hundreds of thousands of animals have lived for weeks in their own waste so whenever you're about to uh, you know go to these places where they're selling these chickens just 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 try and remember that uh, some of these uh, chickens some of these animals have been treated uh, awfully and uh, there's a lot of suffering so let's have compassion and I'm just thank you for the seconds you've given me here to uh, vent my love for the animal world you always hope that uh, somebody somewhere um, clicks into the words you've said before they buy um, an animal uh, to eat and uh, let's try and have hopefully mercy for animals and by the way, the music here in the background, uh, appropriately, is a track called Veil of Health. And uh, it's on my instrumental album, second instrumental album, The Occupation of Hope. That song is called Veil of Health from uh, my second instrumental album, The Occupation of Hope. And on the end there, you can hear um, a person walking into undergrowth. That's me recording my feet, walking into the Huntington Gardens over a lot of leaves. I'd like to play you now a song called Think of Me When You Dance from an album of mine called A Temper of Peace. This is the pre-mix, uh, the mix we were working on just before The Master was made. May your heart become strong Through the days and nights that I'm gone May your light still shine in your eyes Every time my song is played I'll be there sets you free Think of me when you dance Think of me 
When You Dance, uh, a song uh, from my album, A Temper of Peace. I remember I was playing a beautiful guitar that I bought um, back in the 90s called a Project P. Uh, it was a, a nylon guitar, specially made in Japan, and I ordered it, and uh, I'd seen it um, played by Sting's guitarist on, um, I think it was Fragile on Fields of Gold, and uh, when it arrived, it was beautiful, and we took it on the road live in the House of Stone and Light tour, and that's what you hear here on Think of Me When You Dance. Um, a pre-mix that means it was the mix just before we did a few touch-ups on the final mix when you look into the computer under bounced files you find these kinds of things so uh, lovely to find that so as i promised let's jump straight back into quantum physics a book called helgoland by carlo ravelli making sense of the quantum revolution uh, i'm gone to page 156 and i'll put a big circle around this with a pencil and I want to read this to you from this great book. I believe that one of the greatest mistakes made by human beings is to want certainties when trying to understand something. The search for knowledge is not nourished by certainty, it is nourished by a radical absence of certainty. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to talk about that wonderful Buddhist uh, gentleman called Nagarjuna. And uh, again, circled here in the book, um, the scientist says, But Nagarjuna's emptiness also nourishes an ethical stance that clears the sky from the endless disquietude to understand that we do not exist as autonomous entities helps us free ourselves from attachments and suffering precisely because of its impermanence because of the absence of any absolute the now has meaning and it is precious now you probably know I study uh, a little bit of Buddhism uh, and I call it the middle way, not too uh, over the top and not too below. Uh, the Dalai Lama in all of his preaching has really talked in great depth about the middle way and that has helped me in a lot of uh, situations in my life. And it was funny, when I was reading this book uh, about quantum physics, I was also reading a book called A Profound Mind by the Dalai Lama. And just as I was reading about uh, Carlo Rovelli talking about Nagarjuna, I instantly, I don't know if this is meant to be, probably quantum physics here, but I instantly read in uh, the Dalai Lama's book this. Nagarjuna suggests in the precious garland that just as a mirage appears from a distance to be water, while up close revealing itself not to be, the mind and body seem to be the self, while when examined closely prove not to be. So uh, these two books I'm reading, uh, by luck at the same time, Carlo Ravelli, Helgoland, Making Sense of the Quantum Revolution, and the Dalai Lama's book, A Profound Mind, and Quantum Physics, and the Buddhism, Science of the Mind. Oh, I tell you what, they're really linked. The tea boiling, the tea boiling in the nearby kitchen. Really reminding me that I've just been talking a lot of stuff that I have no idea about whatsoever. But it did sound good, didn't it? I hope you have enjoyed uh, Radio Owl's Nest episode 20... Uh, what is it? Uh, 
My bloody eyes. Yeah, my eye. I've got to get new glasses. Episode 33. My goodness, we are way, way, way up there, aren't we? I've got to thank you for uh, staying with me through. I hope you enjoyed some of the songs. Uh, I think I played about eight tracks today. And again, I was just uh, uh, going off of a whim here and playing what I felt at the moment. I hope you enjoyed some of the old stuff, some of the new stuff, some of the experimental stuff. Um, you are the owl heads, and I'm very, very, very fortunate to have the owl heads listening here um i want to thank vanessa levitt because she's a lovely lady that makes this all happen um does all the social media stuff uh, some of the music you've heard is out there and if you uh, liked what you heard go and investigate i'm on the internet it seems anyway look on the bright side of life and i shall see you all again very soon in the owl's nest Woo-hoo!